Welcome to Alphabet Fly Encyclopedic Marvel Journey, where I go through the official handbook of the Marvel Universe with the guests, and we talk about all the characters we know and love and have forgotten as well. My name is Jesse Cooper, and with me today is a short king, Daniel Nah. I can't ride on the roller coasters. <laughs> well, much like Daniel Nah, this character we're about to talk about also can't ride on roller coasters, but he can build them. His name is Tom Thumb. Do you have any idea who Tom Thumb is? Wasn't he in Thumbelino? No, his name is a reference to it, though. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he was in Thumbelino. Well, t- well, who we're talking about is this dude. Oh, let me look at that before I Google. Oh, he looks jolly. Yeah, he's... He's just a nice man. He's a, he's a very nice man who happened to help a bunch of fascists. Oh, well, that ruined it. Hey, hey, Jess... Oh, I can't curse him. Hey, Jesse, screw you. Uh, the Adventures of Tom Thumb and Thumbelina is a 2002 direct-to-video animated film by Glenn Chaika, starring Elijah Wood, uh, starring Elijah Wood, Jennifer Love Hewitt, what? Peter Gallagher, and John Stewart. What? The point being, Tom Thumb does exist in the Thumbelina universe. I'm always right. Well, I was talking. And this I win. Thumb doesn't exist in the Thumbelina universe. <laughs> <laughs> talking about tiny horny people, Tom Thumb. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Uh, as uh, we did not describe it, but he look does look very jolly. He's a he's a uh, he's a man with dwarfism. Uh, has has a lot of lot of beard going on, bushy eyebrows, gray hair, and, and it's just, he's in a speed. Well, no, he's not in a speed suit. He's in a jumpsuit. If he had short sleeves, yeah. it would be a speed suit. But uh, and he's just holding just holding some chemicals, you know, because that's show that's how you show your as, as one does. Yeah. You know, well, technically, technically, if you're holding a gl- glass of water, carrying chemicals, but like he's carrying like a beaker, yeah, which means he's smart. Right? He's not wearing glasses, so he has to have something to show he's smart. Well, yeah, that means he's not using his proper PPE. Well, that's a that's a violation. If uh, you know, if uh, oh crap, was it? it's not OSHA? It's uh. I've forgotten the name of the company, but if, they, if there was an inspection, there would be some heavy fines. Koopa, that's that's the organization. If Koopa were to inspect him, there would be some heavy fines. Why would why would why would King Koopa investigate people with chemicals? <laughs> Turns out he's really into science safety. Who knew? Well, he's also a pretty good dad. Speaking of someone who's not a good dad, Tom Thumb. So his name is. Thomas Thompson. He is a scientist, a, a inventor, and adventurer. Um, he his his public he's publicly known. There's a good reason why. Um, he's a citizen of the United States with no criminal record. He was born in Metzburg, uh, Dentina, in the United States of the uh, of the Earth of the Squadron Supreme. Oh, I see. Yeah, he, uh, I think it's uh, Earth. 715? Uh, it's it's our 7-12. I was off by 3. 7-15 is the one where everyone's a dog. I'm joking. It's probably not, but it could be. Actually, I want to look up what Earth 715 is. <gasps> oh, even better! Earth 715 is the one with the Femizods. Great. Good name. <laughs> it is a possible future of Earth where uh, ninety, well, 95% of the Earth's uh, female population is rendered uh, 
uh, sterile. So basically, the five percent of women that was able to uh, have uh, babies basically became the political elite, and uh, they also was just like, "Fuck men, men suck." This sounds like it could be the plot to Austin Powers Four. It sounds like a plot that Stan Lee made. Trying to be also feminist. true, also true. Like, like it, he was actually trying to like legitimately make a, a bunch of like strong female characters. He just did this in the seventies. Like yeah. Stanley had a lot of like good intentions when it came to writing. Um, I guess technically not minority, but underrepresented people in comics. He had a lot of had a lot of goodwill. He just did it badly a lot of times. All I'm saying is Austin Powers and the Attack of the Femazons. Yeah. Like, it. that just clicks. Yeah, the top 5% are just like, his mojo is so strong, we need it so we can breed even quicker. That would actually absolutely <laughs> be the plot. They would be trying to steal his mojo for their own nefarious uh, needs. With with his mojo, we can make super spies. Yeah, I can't I can't decide <laughs> if he gets frozen and then dethawed in the future where the Femazons rule or if the Femazons travel back in time. Because they need to steal his mojo to create their political empire. But one of those two options, and he has to fight the Femazons. Yeah, baby! <laughs> yes. Hey, can you imagine how long the uh, people are naked but it's being comically blocked by as little as possible scene would be? Oh, that's like the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? No, he gets thawed out and he's just naked for most of the movie. Do -do -do -do. Because there's... Uh, there's no more men's clothes in in the future. He he tries to put on some he tries to put on some underwear, but it looks like a, a banana hammock. Yeah, and get just like real good gratuitous shot of uh, <laughs> Mike Myers' ass, and it's just a just it's going to be played as a really lame joke. And be like, yeah, baby, does it make you Randy? <laughs> so, um, Christ, we are so off the topic. <laughs> okay, so Tom Thumb doesn't have any mojo. No. Okay. And that's why I'm so much less interested in him than I am in Austin Powers, International Man of Mystery. Yeah, baby. Uh, he died. He was so he died in Squadron City. Uh, his male status is single. Um, mm. and not if a certain and super intelligent ape had anything to say about it. Um. Uh, also, he first appeared in The Avengers issue number 85 in February 1971. And this is a cover that we have talked about multiple times already, because apparently a lot of people show up in this one. Hmm. Um, so, the cover um, is it's mostly saturated in red. Oh, also, by the way, we have cover piece theater. Um, Oh yeah, I've actually done this yeah, cover piece. You, theater you have. We, I've talked about this one. This and Iron Man issue number fifty-five. <coughs> I've talked about that both of those a lot. But yeah, we have the saturated red uh, cover where the sun is uh, seemingly melting a city. There's people just falling over, and we have the vision: uh, Wanda Maximoff and Pietro Maximoff, aka Scarlet Witch, and. Silver Surfer, and they're both. No, that one's not, not right, Surfer. is it? No, no Quicksilver. <laughs> Quicksilver. <laughs> now I am the host. I know more Marvel. <laughs> Quicksilver. Um, and the 
I'm good. I think I did the same bit, but I guess I'm gonna do the same bit again. The vision says, try to do it in a robot voice. I'll make it sound robot-y. The whole earth is melting, dissolving into molten lava. And there's nothing we can do to save it. Nothing. That was Quicksilver. Um It's got a bit of like of a surfer vibe there. Yeah. Well, because you know what? I talked about some silver surfer last night. So I'm sorry that it's a thing that stuck in my head. But yeah, they're they're um intangible. Um and there's a child reaching out to Wanda Maxwell she's just like and she's a ghost, so what's she gonna do about it? By the way, there was something that they can do because there's more Marvel uh comics featuring the Avengers after this. These exact characters I, I t- too. So Oh also the uh spoilers. Thanks, Jesse. Yeah, uh, oh yeah, I came out in uh February nineteen seventy one and it was called The World is Not for Burning. It's for melting. Because look at the cover, everything's melting. I mean this is just that one episode of the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> uh the one where the Earth was really hot and then everyone died. <laughs> so not the one where Earth was empty and actually a plaything for a giant girl who wanted to play with toys that was shaped. No, but that was a pretty good it, one. It was a really good one. Um, by the way, Twilight Zone is on Netflix, and I might watch it after I get done watching uh, Fairy Tale. Yeah, it's pretty good. Actually, it's not. Actually, it's about twenty percent good. I realize the ratio is about one in five. Yeah, it, it, no, it's one in five. But some of those bad ones are Chef Kiss bad. They're so bad. Um. And then sometimes you get, like, the kinda okay, like, guy stuck on a planet alone, and there he's an ax- astronaut, and he's actually really horny for a robot. I think I might have- Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, there's just at least two of them. Or one where he, like, uh, Im- imagines that there's, like, a hot alien lady that's, like, that they have a life together, but it turns out he's just dying. Yeah. Okay, um, Tom Thumb. So, uh, he died in Squadron Supreme, issue number nine. Um, he was born uh, on an alternate Earth, and uh, Thomas Thompson fell a victim to an um, uh, abnormality of the pituitary gland when he was three years old, causing him to stop growing once he reached the height of 3-7. Thompson, however, proved to be a genius and had earned his doctors of philosophy, uh, a doctor of philosophy degrees in uh, mathematics, physics, and electrical engineering by the age 17. Uh, Thompson became interested in using the great talents of the adventurer for devising new means of fighting crime. And in order to test these crime-fighting inventions, uh, Thompson became the masked adventurer known as Tom Thumb. In this guise, he captured numerous criminals, including such costume lawbreakers, such as the Iron Moth. I'm sorry, he had a, like, superhero costume? He had one, but then... I'm sorry, so he's a three-foot man, and his his non, nom de plume was Tom Thumb, and his real name was Thomas Thompson, and he didn't think anyone was going to put that together? This was... And he's a genius? This came out in the 70s. Jeez, this is like if Clark Kent's alter ego was Bark Bent, and no, the rest of it would be about the same, because Clark's disguise is also terrible. <laughs> yeah, he just... It's, it's not great. Um, so... Tom Thumb was invited to uh, 
uh, joined the Squadron Supreme, an organization of the greatest costume super uh, crime fi- super crime fighters of his Earth, and gladly accepted. Some would say they were like a uh, league of justice of some sort. Pastiches of their Justice League, by the way. You're supposed to be Captain Adam. Not really the same. Well, they're pastiche. Like, they took, like, the general form of the uh, Justice League, and then they made them into new characters. As Marvel does. I mean, as almost all comic companies does. (laughs) I would like to remind everyone that both Marvel and DC decided to copy the horror comic villain The Heap within the same month of each other with Swamp Thing and Man Thing independently. (laughs) Swamp Thing, yeah. (laughs) So. It's still endlessly funny to me, the whole Captain Marvel thing. Yeah, it's pretty good. That whole mess is hilarious. Anyway, let's move on. Yeah, the only reason why the, the only reason why uh, DC bought Captain Marvel is because it was outselling uh, DC for um, it was outselling Superman for a long time, and also they sued them because it's like, well, this is a super powerful white dude who does good things, and the the courts were pretty much just like, you don't, you can't, that don't know, and then they bought them. Uh, he gladly accepted their offer. Um, using his wits and advanced devices, Tom Thumb became, uh, basically was more than approved himself an effective, as an effective member of uh, the Squadron uh, Supreme in combat against their adversaries. But Thumb's major importance in the Squadron lied in technological innovations he created for them. Perhaps the greatest one of these was the rock, uh, his designing of Rocket Central, the first manned, orbited a space station launched from the Squadron's Earth, and they used it as their their headquarters, somewhat like a, um, what do they call the thing? I forgot what they called their thing in space. Crap. The watchtower? Oh, yeah. It's almost it's almost like a watchtower. That's what I was. Once again, I am now the host. Okay, of this we're talking. Welcome to Alphabet <laughs> Flights, uh, podcast where we talk about Marvel heroes we love and have forgotten. Okay, first off, that was a DC thing, and I also don't like the Justice League that much. <laughs> so, I was thinking of the uh, the Superman thing. So, yeah, it was eventually destroyed. Uh, the 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 Rocket Central. Uh, so despite his many extraordinary achievements, Tom Thumb was a very lonely man who chose to live aboard the Rockets uh, Central and believed that he had no friends outside of the fellow squadron members. Thumb uh, felt underappreciated by the rest of the squadron as uh, as well. Although the other squadron members were courteous to him, most uh, and most liked him to some degree. Uh, Tom had uh. Tom had no strong bonds of friendship with any of them. Unlike uh, the others, Tom had no superhuman uh, powers or great athletic abilities. Moreover, he had an introverted personality and preferred to work on various scientific uh, projects to engage the squadron, uh, to engaging in the squadron's social activities. So he did what any a lonely nerd would do. He made a artificial intelligence named Ada, or artificially intelligence data pro- analyzer, which he installed on Central's uh, Rocket Central's uh, compu- uh, computer. 
and he endowed with a female-like for a personality. And Ada cared deeply for Thumb, who treated her as his best friend. Like the other uh, members of the squadron, uh, except for Hyperion, Tom fell under the sign of control of the alien Overmind, who was allied by the other dimensional entity called Noel the Living Darkness. Well, I remember that guy. Yeah. It's almost as if uh, you were on a- another episode with a Squadron Supreme member. Oh, yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, I? There's, there's a lot of them. There's a lot. Yeah. Uh, the Overmind took uh, over, the, took control of the United States, then uh, most of the Squadron's Earth, uh, using the Squadron Supreme members of his, as his pond. Pawns. And Hyperion sought to help, uh, sought help from the Defenders. A uh, thing that they glossed over is, you know how, uh, you know, how, like America has like a like a like a real big army, and spend yeah, I've yeah, heard like a real big like a real big like just just like way too much of an army, like more army than mm-hmm. like most of the world can have. Um, well, uh, when when you have the mind control over the president of the United States, guess what you can do. Uh, can you order that army to do stuff? So? Yeah, and also take over the world and make it a make it an American empire. That's right. I remember yeah. this. Um, we actually, I think we talked about the person who was the president of this world. Were you on the Nighthawk episode? Is it the night? Yeah, yeah, you were. I was on both Nighthawk episodes. That's yeah. right, Nighthawk and Nighthawk Junior. <laughs> no, Nighthawk, Nighthawk too. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Night- Nighthawk and his son, Nighthawk Junior. Yeah, I remember. But um, but yeah, he was the president of this world. He was the uh, Batman who decided to spend his That's he decided right. to spend his billions to become a president instead, which is always a good idea when a billionaire mm-hmm. becomes a president. So what happened after that was a bunch of fascism. Basically, they were they were just like, "Hey, this world, not great." I know we were the one who caused it, but like, give us like a year. Give us like a year. We're gonna make the we're gonna make the, all this stuff great. You know, if we don't do it in a year, we'll step down. We'll uh, we'll admit that we showed our ass, just like directly to the entire world, and then we'll uh, I don't know, not be fascist, uh, a fascist oligarchy. Um, Tom Thumb uh helped make a lot of the inventions that they use to help the world. Um, one of those, uh, one of those was the B mod. Uh, the B mod stands for behavioral modification. Uh, basically, what they uh, basically what they used that for was to brainwash criminals, quote unquote criminals, into never wanting to be bad ever again. It was almost immediately used for an evil purpose to make a uh, to make a man's life feel better, to make a woman love him who never didn't love him, because. Of course, that's how it would be used. Um, he also did a really dumb thing. You know how cancer really sucks? I've heard. You know cancer is sometimes caused by radiation? Word on the street is that's true. What happens when you have a, uh, a mama's boy who happens to have nuclear power and seeps radiation? Uh, you got Awesome superpowers. No, you have a mom and dad who has cancer. 
So he, so Nuke, uh, went up to Tom Thumb, being one of the smartest people in the world, and he's being saying like, "Hey, Hugh, why don't you make cancer not a thing?" And it turns out that that was beyond his ability, even though one hundred percent, one hundred percent, cancer in the Marvel universe shouldn't exist. Yep. But he, but he wasn't able to, and it also turned out that Tom Thumb also had cancer. And he was going to die at some point. So what he did, um, so what he did was instead of, wow, oh, I just realized you are tied to a lot of these characters we're talking about today, um, in this story. Um, so what he did was he was just like, I'm going to go to the, I'm going to go to our enemy in the 25th century, uh, where a little person called the Silver Centurion. Oh uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Uh, was ruling, and uh, there's no death. I mean, there's there is death. Sorry, I'm not talking about the cancer universe. I'm talking about a place where there's no cancer, like they have a cure for it. So he goes back. It so he goes into the future, and and uh, the Silver Centurion, or sorry, Scarlet Centurion, is like, hey, um, I'll give you the cure for cancer if you uh kill Hyperion, who is the Superman pastiche who were you on the Hyperion episode? Mm, maybe mm, you may or may not have been. You're gonna have to check the records for that one. You you've been on this show a lot. But he's basically the Superman pastiche. Tom Thumb is just like, no, I can't because I'm too good. But it turns out he's not too good, because guess what he did? He stole some of the miracle cancer cure stuff. But when he gets back, when he gets... I was really hoping that sentence was just going to be miracle cancer, because I would have been so much more interested. <laughs> well, it turns out that what was in the vial that he stole was actually just uh, penicillin, because everyone in the 25th century is just genetically engineered not to have cancer. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Uh, so guess guess what happened? Uh, he, di- he died. He, he died of cancer. Wow. Well, that was well. He also made some other inventions before he died of cancer. He also made uh, the pacifier uh, uh, pistol, which was a a pistol that shot a a bubble that went around people. So instead of having to shoot people dead, you just you you basically immobilize them and make them not too silly to do anything. Um, And he also made a shield belt that was. made it to where you was you know not you shielded from things and he also made something called the knock something um uh, is it here oh the hyper hibernoculum hibernoculum uh which is basically like a really advanced like cryo cryogenic um chamber that would effectively make it to where you could keep someone in a near a near life state close to the end of their life until they could find a way to cure whatever was uh, killing them seems like something that'd be really useful for a guy with cancer also he had it he also had an ape that uh who was called apex also if you look it out it's a pun that's the worst apex who was uh no i got it i picked no, that up you know what i didn't pick it up until last year okay <laughs> so I only saw it written down. I'm just like I was just like, oh, yeah, Ape X. But no, it was a super in- oh, it was a super intelligent orangutan who was like super into him, who was also half uh 
half tank. Had no legs. Did they ever give him a gun? It, first off, how dare you assume that it's a he? It was a she. Did the monkey have a gun? Yeah, and it's tank tank thing. But like a pistol, I want an orangutan with a pistol. No, it had lasers. That's the worst. Marvel's the worst. Also, also, guess what? It used to be evil, and it was B modded. It's a very poignant thing. Uh, if you're gonna read, if you're gonna read a Mark Grinroll story, definitely read Squadron Supreme. It's a very good story. Is he still dead? Yes, he's still dead. Okay, what do you have to plug? Uh, go check out my website, theapocalypse.com. That's like apocalypse, but with a D in the middle. It's where I put all the stuff that I do. Okay, well, my name is Jesse. I have another podcast called Creepy Critters, where I talk about cryptids in similar detail. I also have another podcast called um, Limited Theories, where I talk about limited, mostly Marvel series, issue by issue with my friend Rob. This has been Alphabet Flight and Justice is Served. Good night. (laughs)